now that we have officially entered 2023, happy new year, by the way, it's time to set goals and keep track to reach them. There are so many different theories and methods to goal setting, but I like to take a pretty simple and no frills approach as I truly believe this is what's going to help you achieve them. So in today's episode, we are going to be going through how to set your goals for 2023. As a content creator, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about what my goals look like and sharing some tips that I've learned over the years to how to set goals that are not just going to lead to you disappointing yourself, but instead actually help you to continue to grow and improve, but also help you to recognize when you have seen that growth and improvement and to actually celebrate it. So if that sounds like it's going to be helpful for you, let's get into it. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six-figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content, and building communities. Here on the Creator Club podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or 1 million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it. Welcome back to the Creator Club podcast, my friends. I hope you all had a lovely and relaxing holiday season and a good entry to 2023. Welcome to the new year. I personally have a lot of goals and plans for this podcast this year, as well as all my other content channels, my YouTube channel, my Instagram, and my TikTok, and also big goals for my creative agency, Creatorly Media. And I'll be honest, I felt a little bit of, I don't know, tension or difficulty or struggle around trying to come up with these goals back in December. I really felt like, okay, I need to have some idea of where I'm going in this new year. I mean, you can't just say, oh, carry on pretty much how I have. Like, I really felt like I needed to have some kind of guiding direction. And I was sort of struggling to figure out what that might be. Um, Sometimes I think it's easy to kind of like get stuck in your routine and especially when you have achieved some stuff that you're really proud of, it can be hard to figure out, you know, what should I even do next? Um, On the other side of that, if you've set similar goals for a long time and you feel like you're just not, you know, seeing success or fulfillment from them, then that can also feel discouraging. It can be hard to know where to go from there. So I even found myself at the end of last year really trying to sit down and look at what methods have I used in the past to come up with goals that have actually helped me move forward and, you know, how can I implement them now to really generate my 2023 goals. So this episode is a bit of a compilation of a few of the strategies that I sort of settled on that helped me develop goals that I think are really going to be great guiding principles for me going into the new year. I think the very first step when you are feeling a little bit unsure about what your new year goals should be is to really take a step back and break it down. As creatives, we usually have a million ideas floating around and it's hard to just choose a few main goals or priorities 
Or like me, you might be sitting there with a completely blank mind, unsure of where to go next. But to make sure that you have the bandwidth to actually accomplish your goals and you don't end up completely oversaturating yourself with possibilities, I really suggest only having a handful of small goals and breaking these down into actionable steps. So there's a little bit of a process to this that I want to share with you, starting from a very general place and starting to get more specific. And I've got a few like alternate suggestions as well as we go. So the very first step in this whole process is to choose three main areas in your business, in your brand as a creator that you really want to work on. Like if you can kind of come up with themes of general areas that you think you could do better with. So for example, I'll talk about how we set goals for creatorly media first here. With Creatorly Media, I had kind of three broad areas where I knew I would like to see improvement in the new year. For one, our social media audiences. I also had some changes rather than improvements, I will say, in terms of how our team operates and our logistics and kind of the behind the scenes stuff. And then finally, I had revenue goals which is going to be a a pretty standard thing for most businesses. So with those three areas, I I kind of group them as social media metric goals, team culture goals or operations goals, and revenue goals. And again, these aren't necessarily things where I was like, oh, we're doing so badly. We really need to change. Like that's not necessarily what goals are. It's more just a way of kind of centering yourself around what can I work on next when there's truly a million different things you could work on, what are the priorities? What are the biggest things that would make the biggest difference for you? If you kind of sit down and think about these in broad strokes, this will give you a really great place to start to get specific on what you're actually going to do to make these changes. So once you've established the three areas, and again, maybe it's not even three, maybe it's just like two or even just one for you. Um, but I like to say three, cause I know on, on my end, I'm kind of more so, um, likely to choose way too many. I'm like, Oh, there's like six or seven things I could do. But if you choose way too many goals, that's just going to end up being like very overwhelming and unattainable for you. So that's why I'm going to just say, limit yourself to three and you'll, you'll find a lot more clarity and direction that way. So once you've established the three areas in your business, your brand that you want to focus on, I suggest setting again, at max two to three goals within each category. So specific things that you can measure and know that you've completed them. So maybe, you know, in our example, like I was talking about how I want to see some social media growth for creatorly media. And one of my goals is that the creatorly media Instagram account would reach 10,000 followers. So that's one example. Um, Maybe in your case, you want to hire your first team member, or maybe you want to make $2,000 a month from your business or whatever it might be. So those are like the specific kind of measurable goals that would then fit underneath these broad strokes categories. And it's once you develop these focus categories, whether that's social media metrics, team culture, revenue, whatever it is for you, then you can start breaking down what those specific sort of ideal scenarios would be for you in each of those categories. So now that you've determined what your actual goals are, so let's say one of your main goals, like your categories was social media growth, and then your specific goal underneath that was hit 10K on Instagram. From this point, you need to start figuring out what you can actually do to achieve those goals. 
These are going to be your action items. And this kind of brings me to my first big suggestion or sort of like alternate path within this workflow. And that is really to create action-based goals rather than results-based goals. So for example, if you're trying to hit these social media metrics goals, the action item that you're actually going to need to do would probably be something like posting consistently, being intentional about your target audience, following trends, whatever, whatever that might be for you, right? So what I want to suggest instead of making that goal in your mind be hit 10K on Instagram, maybe instead that goal is post three high quality posts per week on Instagram. This way you can kind of reframe it in your mind from just this number that you're kind of trying to work towards in this sort of intangible sense. And instead you've reframed it to something, I can actually take action on this every single day, week, month, whatever it might be. So hopefully you can see how we've kind of gotten more granular with each step. So we started with like the broad strokes, areas that you want to change or improve. From there, we've written down the sort of result that you might want to get to something specific and measurable. And then we've now converted that from a results-based goal into an action-based goal. So something that you can actually do. And the reason why I really like this approach of thinking about the action rather than the result is because actions are something that we can, for the most part, control. Results are something that we can, for the most part, not control. So I can't just wake up one morning and say, I am now going to have 10,000 followers on Instagram. It doesn't work like that. I don't have that level of control over it. However, I can, for the most part, wake up one morning and say, I'm going to post on Instagram today. So that's really why I like taking this action-based mindset because it brings you down to the actual day-to-day level of what you're going to be doing. And then it also helps you measure your success based on that. Because here's the thing, the reality of it is, and, and trust me, I've been through this year over, there's many, many years where my goal was to hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. And many years went by where I felt discouraged for not having done that. Uh, but the reality was the action item for that goal would have been, let's say, posting once a week on YouTube. And if I would have got to the end of those years and said, yeah, I did post once a week on YouTube, then I could congratulate myself and feel good about that and say, you know what, that's great. I accomplished that goal. But instead, I left myself feeling disappointed because I didn't hit that mythical number of 10,000 subscribers. And so I think just for your own mental health and your own mindset, it's important to make those goals something that you have control over so that you aren't just beating yourself up time after time for not having reached something that you can't really directly control. Yes, of course, the whole point of these goals being connected is that if you are consistent with your posting, you should see growth. But at the same time, like you got to think about like, what actually is the point of reaching a certain number of followers? Like, what does that really do for us? You know, so if you are thinking about creating goals that are going to actually help you grow and succeed and feel better about yourself and feel accomplished, there's really no point in setting up these sort of like intangible, 
um, metrics that don't really mean anything and then completely living or dying based on if you accomplish that. Instead, think about what you're working towards as a whole. And obviously, you know, Instagram growth probably represents business growth, having more potential clients to pitch to all of that good stuff. Like it makes sense, but focusing on the action you can take to get there is going to be much more healthy for you because it's something that you can control and something that you can actually take action on every single day or every single week, rather than it just kind of being this latent background thing where you're like, oh, I kind of want to hit 10K on Instagram. But if you bring that into focus of saying, I want to post three times a week on Instagram, then you actually have something to do. So that is really the first thing that I want to encourage you with when it comes to going through this goal setting process of starting broad and then getting specific and then turning that result into an action that you can take so that you can actually focus on those to-do list items rather than just kind of constantly comparing yourself or feeling like you're not doing good enough because you haven't reached that goal yet. Because if you have an action-based goal that's something like post three times a week on Instagram, that means every week that you do that, you are fulfilling that goal. You don't have to wait until the end of the year when you hopefully hit that specific metric in terms of your follower count to congratulate yourself every single day or week or month or whatever the timeline is that you show up and you do the action that you that you planned out, you are reaching your goal. And I think that that just helps a lot with consistency, motivation, and longevity. Okay, so that was the first thing that I really wanted to mention when it comes to setting goals that are going to be beneficial to your mental health rather than a drain on them. The other tip that I have for you with regards to that is actually something that I'm kind of trying out new for 2023. Um, And it might not make sense for you and your kind of kind of place where you're at on the journey or, or whatever, but I did want to share it because it's been a helpful mindset shift for me. And that is to really set benchmarks instead of goals. So in a lot of different areas, um, whether it is the number of views that I want on YouTube or the amount of revenue that I'm hoping for from my business, or even the amount of savings that I want to contribute to like my retirement savings each month. Instead of creating a stretch goal for myself, that's like, oh, I really, really hope I can reach this. Um, And ultimately it's probably something that most months I'm not going to reach or I'm not going to be able to achieve. And you know what, do I actually really need to achieve that stretch goal? Like maybe not. So instead of coming up with these lofty goal numbers, instead I've set myself benchmarks or you might say like minimums. So these are metrics that I think are very attainable or reasonable for me to actually achieve. So that's why I don't really think of it as a goal because if I look at the history of like, okay, what was our revenue last year? What my views like last year? What my savings like last year? I'm not necessarily increasing the number that I'm trying to reach there, which I would see as a goal. Instead, I'm setting a benchmark or um, kind of like a projection based on the past and saying, I want to hit this number. And I think that might be kind of confusing for some people because you might think, well, why would you like set a goal that you know that you can achieve? But hear me out on this. I am the kind of person that always feels like I could be doing better. And maybe you relate to that. I am always looking at my numbers and thinking this should be higher. I should get more views. I should have more subscribers. I should be making more revenue. I should be saving more money. 
all of those things are constantly running through my head. For whatever reason, my brain is just programmed to look at whatever number output I make and say, not enough. Like I just always have that natural inclination. And I imagine some of you listening are probably in the same boat. So the reason why for some of these areas where I'm pretty happy where I'm at, like I feel really good about the amount of revenue that's coming in for my business or the amount of money I'm saving or whatever, I'm really not trying to hustle and push myself to really improve that. I'm just trying to like vibe and live and and continue to be as successful and productive as I have been. So there's no need to push myself. So I have this, you know, intrinsic inclination to think not enough. I need to push. I need to improve. So I've created benchmarks to kind of counter that to remind myself that I am doing good enough. So if I have basically what I've set up for myself is a little bit of a goal tracker where I can enter like how much brand deal revenue I made a certain month or how much AdSense revenue I made a certain month. And I I was doing that this past year just to track it kind of like out of curiosity. And I did have some goals related to that in this past year. And so because of that, I have like the data easily accessible and I can see what that looked like. And so these benchmarks that I've created, like I was saying, are very attainable and very reasonable but I've specifically put them in place so that each month when I track like, okay, if my goal is to make, let's say $3,000 off of AdSense in a month, which is like pretty much based on historical data, like I always do more than that. So it's like, I know that I'm, I will, and that's good. Um, unless I have a really slow month on YouTube. So every time that I go and I track and I say, yep, my benchmark was to make $3,000 off AdSense. And this month I made 3,500. So yep, that looks good. Great. Check mark. Then when I get into those spirals, when I'm saying, I'm not making enough, why is my YouTube channel dying? I'm so bad at this. Like, this is terrible. I can go back and look at my benchmarks and say, why would you say that to yourself, Katie? Look at the numbers that you're doing. You're meeting all of your benchmarks. So that's why it's so important to me just with my own like the way that I know my brain works to set myself benchmarks in areas where I don't feel a huge need to improve. Like I was saying, I feel satisfied with where I'm at. I need to set those benchmarks to remind myself that I'm good enough, basically. (laughs) Maybe that sounds way too existential, but it's just something that I've really kind of discovered lately and kind of have taken a new approach to when it comes to how I'm doing goals in 2023. And I really wanted to share it because I thought that, you know, if I have these sort of struggles with self-comparison and never feeling like the numbers are high enough, probably some of you listening do as well. And so if you have some areas in your life where you sit back and you feel like, I don't actually need to do way better than I did this year. Like maybe you want to read. Maybe that's one of your like personal goals. I know we're talking business, but let's just use this as an example. Cause one of my personal goals is to read. Um, I shouldn't even say read more, but just read as much because this year I uh, read 30 books and I feel pretty good about that. And I would like to read 30 books again next year. So I'm not even trying to improve necessarily. I'm just trying to maintain. And so well, what's the point of tracking that? Well, just to ensure that you're kind of keeping it up and then you set a goal that's reasonable and attainable and then you can check it and say, yes, I have done that. So when you get into those kind of thought spirals of like, I'm not good enough, why am I so bad at this? If you struggle with that, then you have something solid and you know numbers-based to look back on and say, that's not true. I don't need to talk to myself like that because clearly I am meeting those marks that I've set. So I have a lot of benchmarks in my 2023 goals um, rather than 
I guess not specifically goals because they're not for improvement. But I, I also do, in addition to the benchmarks, have some stretch goals where I am trying to improve and trying to do better. But I also kind of have like minimums set for those goals as well that I feel like are probably reasonable to attain. So this is all just my framework of approaching goals in a way that isn't so lofty and so unattainable that it just discourages me because I know for myself that my personality is already like just completely saturated with intrinsic motivation for improvement. Like I, I never feel like I have, you know, made it. I always feel like I could improve more. And so that's why instead of setting myself goals for improvement, I'm setting myself goals for staying the same so that I can tell myself I'm doing okay when I get to those points of of feeling like I'm not. So anyway, just kind of like a little alternative to goal setting or something that you could add in addition, if there's some areas in your life where you're feeling like, I am already doing it just fine. Like, why do I need more money? Why do I need more views or whatever? And if you feel like that, then you can set those benchmarks and then you can tell yourself I'm doing just fine when you get into that headspace where you feel like you're not. So that's just one way that I'm approaching it. Hey there. I just wanted to quickly interrupt myself to ask you a question. Did you know that my team and I at Creatorly Media have YouTube services? If you've been dreaming of starting a YouTube channel, but feel overwhelmed by all of the technical aspects, like editing, finding the right music, adding transitions, getting the titles, text, and animations just right, that's exactly what we're here for. We can help your YouTube dream become a reality with our professional editing, strategy, or full channel management services. If you're ready to start growing an audience with your new YouTube channel, you can check out all of the details of our services at creatorlymedia.com services. And if you're interested or have any questions, you can reach out and someone from the Creatorly team would be happy to jump on a call with you to chat about how we can help you grow on YouTube. We can't wait for you to become a part of the Creatorly Media team. So reach out at creatorlymedia.com services. Getting back into our goals workflow a little bit. Now that you have set your kind of broad strokes categories from there, you've narrowed it down to specific results-based goals. You've converted those into action-based goals. And maybe you've also added some benchmarks in areas that you want to maintain and that you kind of need just for your own um, sort of mental well-being and your check-ins. Once you've got that all in place, we want to look forward to what the rest of the year is going to look like and how you're going to keep yourself on track and kind of actually use these throughout the year rather than letting them just get dusty and kind of forget about them. So I want to introduce you to the idea of a quarterly check-in. Each quarter, you want to take time to assess your progress and what you should keep doing or change in order to reach the goals you set at the beginning of the year. So I would suggest asking yourself a few predetermined questions during this time. The way that I've set this up is, of course, y'all know by now, I have a Notion template for everything. And so on my like Notion goals page, I have a little quarterly check-in database that actually has built-in reminders for the days that I want to do it on because trust me, your girl wanted to do quarterly check-ins last year. Okay. I had all good intentions of doing check-ins each quarter to kind of analyze our success and how things are going. But did I remember? 
No. So I'm simplifying my process this year and setting myself actual reminders so that I have no excuse to miss it. So basically this little quarterly check-in database has a room for reminders and it also has space to like take notes on these questions. So within these uh, quarterly check-in pages, I have like a template set up with the following questions that you might want to also ask yourself. So number one, what has worked for you over the last few months? This is a point where you really want to celebrate your wins, right? Because this is exactly where I need all the help I can get when it comes to goal setting. Just like I was explaining how it's really easy to just focus on what you still need to do. It's good to take a moment to celebrate what you have done. So maybe write down what steps you took that helped you get closer to your goals and also write down what brought you joy or made you feel more calm and at peace because those are really important too when it comes to the longevity of your business as a creator. The second question to ask is what didn't work over the last few months? Here's where we can identify opportunities for growth. You might make a list of things that didn't work for you and the obstacles you faced so far this year. Because remember, you're going to do a lot of things that don't work before you find the things that will. So you don't want to think about these things as failures, but lessons learned. And that's why it's so good to write them down so that you can refer back instead of just like being embarrassed and walking away from like that launch that didn't go so well. Write down a few thoughts about why you think that maybe happened. And I would really remind you, again, we're doing this on a quarterly basis, right? Because it's so easy in the moment if you have a lackluster launch or a YouTube video that doesn't perform well to really get in your head and feel like, oh, this is all terrible, everything's so wrong. That's why we start with question one, which is what has worked well. And then we move on to question two, which hopefully we've had a little bit of time, a little bit of distance to emotionally recover. And then we can, with a clear head, look at, okay, why didn't that launch go so hot? And how can we use that to learn and do better in the future? The third question is, how do you want to feel next quarter? I love this one because it's really about visualizing the best outcome for the next three months of the year. You can maybe even write some notes about specific projects that you want to accomplish, but I also really recommend writing down how you want to feel. Maybe you felt really stressed out or really overwhelmed in the previous quarter, and maybe next quarter's goal is just to feel a little bit more chill and work a little bit less. That's totally cool too. Once you do this check-in and you've kind of reevaluated how things are going, you might adjust what your daily or weekly workflows look like going into the next quarter in order to work towards, you know, feeling in that different kind of way that you said, or maybe more effectively working towards your goals. So as I have been mentioning, I did create a notion template for this. And I also created a notion template for y'all. So if you're going into the new year, feeling like it is time to really look at those goals and work through them in a more extensive way and also track them in an effective way, that's going to keep you really moving towards them, then you might want to check out my notion goal setting and tracking template. It's up on my website at katiesteckley.com slash shop. And I'll also link it in the show notes. This is what I use to work through what my goals were going to be for the new year and how I'm going to continue tracking them. So you can check that out if you think that would be helpful on my website. The final big puzzle piece that I want to bring into the discussion of setting your goals is just a reminder that mindset plays a huge role. And I feel like discussion around mindset and mental well-being has been baked into this entire conversation, but I want to take a few minutes to really just emphasize how your mindset around goal setting is going to impact your ability to reach those goals. Because trust me, 
I know from experience without the proper mindset, not only will you not reach your goals, but you will probably face extreme burnout. If you haven't been listening to the show for a while, then you might not be familiar with my story, but I'll, I'll try to keep it brief for all of y'all MVPs who have been listening for a while. Um, but basically, in the summer of 2021, I experienced true and really quite intense burnout for the first time. I was the kind of person that beforehand kind of thought burnout was just a buzzword and I really didn't put much stock into it. I felt like I could just work really hard and be really, really stressed and overwhelmed all the time forever and nothing bad would ever happen. Well, I had another thing coming because that was not the case. After going through, obviously, you know, pivoting a business through the beginning of the pandemic and that business really growing, which I felt really grateful for, but also it growing in some ways that I didn't necessarily felt like I fully controlled always. And I wasn't super happy with what my role looked like within that business. Lots of different reasons, of course, coupled with, you know, living through a pandemic contributed to me feeling really, really burnt out. And in the summer of 2021, I took some kind of extreme moves to change that, which I then backpedaled on about three months later. So in like, yeah, midsummer 2021, I was like, okay, everybody, my YouTube channel is now just for fun. I'm no longer posting about business here. So don't expect it to be about Instagram. I'm just going to post my lifestyle girly dreams on this channel. And I was like, I'm not going to talk about my business anymore. Like, I'm just like, you know, totally changing, um, my entire life because I'm just, I can't handle this anymore. And about three months later, after going down that road a little bit and it not going so well for me, you know, not surprising now in retrospect, but anyway, I kind of had this realization that, um, even though I felt like I had to completely up and change my entire life and, you know, just do everything differently. I realized like it wasn't really about the content I was making or about even how my business was running really. It was about my mindset around it and how I was so much hands on the wheel, white knuckling everything and just like working all the time and never separating myself from the success of my business. All of that contributed to this extreme feeling where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I have to change. Um, anyway, I feel fortunate that I was able to backpedal on that change. It's not like I deleted my YouTube channel or anything extreme. Um, and I was able to return to, you know, talking about social media marketing on my YouTube channel and leading my business in a more effective way and still having like a good work-life balance and, you know, healthier, um, mental state. Um, but anyway, the point of that story is just to say, it is so possible to become very burnt out if you really, really tie yourself to your goals and feel like you are a good or bad person based on the success of stuff like your social media metrics, like even your revenue. All of these things can really just like send your mental health into a spiral if you put too much stock in them and get too concerned about, you know, being perfect in all these areas. So with that in mind, I wanted to give you a few suggestions of ways that I think that you can maybe find a healthier mindset while still setting goals and still working towards those goals, um, but not in such a way that you're going to end up in the same state that Katie was in summer 2021 because it was not good. Um, so here are a few things that you might consider changing or trying in order to have a healthy approach to following your goals this year. So the first one is healthy comparison. Comparing yourself to other creators 
is a really dangerous path. And I suggest you being very cautious with that and try to avoid comparing yourself to others. Here's what I'll say. There are a lot of other people also in the, you know, general social media strategy and educator niche. And these are folks that I honestly look up to a lot. Like there's a lot of like other women around my age that, you know, do similar stuff to me. And I'm like, how are these girlies so cool and stylish and their content always looks so good. And I feel like just like a sewer rat compared to them. You know, like this is the kind of like spiral you can take if you don't stop yourself. So what I have done for some of the people that I admire most, and I know this is kind of painful, but I have muted them on Instagram, which I know sounds harsh, but it's literally the opposite of that because it's truly because I think they are so cool and I know it's bad for my mental health to see their content all the time and just be comparing myself and not feeling good enough about what I'm doing and I really felt like the best that I feel about the content that I'm sharing on Instagram when I feel my most confident and my most relaxed about my stories and my reels and everything else that I'm sharing is when I'm when I have muted these other people um and it just it kind of liberates me from that self comparison so if you have to go ahead and mute some folks who you admire a lot you can do it they will never know they can't see that you've muted them i mean if you are used to like replying to their stories every day and all of a sudden you stop they might notice that but that was not the case for me um and it just really does help you have that separation at least when it comes to like your daily use of Instagram for example the only time when I would consider comparison with other creators healthy or helpful for your goals is when you are doing market research. And so that's really why I like to leave these accounts muted. And then if I'm trying to see like what's working for somebody else or whatever, then I might poke around and, and see what people are up to. Um, when you're doing your research, it's not bad to observe others in your niche. And it's also good to connect with them to like build a creator network and, you know, be chatting with them in the DMs or whatever. Um, like those things are all really good and helpful, but you just need to make sure that you're not getting stuck in the comparison trap. So for me, that boundary is I'm not like stopping myself from looking at their content altogether, but it just means I'm not going to allow it to like come into my feed on a daily basis and catch me unawares. And then all of a sudden have me telling myself that I feel like a sewer rat, you know, like that is not helpful. So really think about how you approach comparison. If you want to have like a good mental state around your goals in the new year. The second tip I have for you is targeting humans first. Something that I really focused on last year, which made a huge difference in my results is focusing more on what I thought people wanted to see rather than just what the algorithm wanted to see. Yes, SEO and social media algorithms are important. And at the end of the day, algorithms really do just represent what people want to see. But especially when you're starting out, um, I see a real problem like a lot of creators have is getting way too focused on hacking the algorithm or beating the algorithm or whatever, instead of thinking about the community that you're trying to build. So yeah, really try to consider who are the actual real life people watching your videos, reading your posts, replying to your stories, and think about how you can create for them. The next tip I have is just to do a little bit at a time. Again, as creatives, it's in our nature to go in all the way in and keep busy. But sometimes we need to just take a step back, remember what we want to get out of this, and just do a little bit each day to help us get there. 
it's not a race. It's more like a leisurely hike. So just enjoy the scenery. And my final tip for you, and this is really important, is to have a life outside of content creation. Don't make this the only thing you care about because trust me, this is the fastest path to burnout. This is part of why I ended up in such a bad state back in the summer of 2021 because your girl used to have hobbies. I used to play roller derby. I used to do all these kinds of things in my city that were, you know, canceled because of the pandemic, which obviously makes sense. But it, it was a very difficult position to be in where like everything about my life had kind of been stripped away except for my work. And that's just not good for your mental state. So it really is important to make sure that you aren't neglecting the other areas of your life that bring you happiness and, you know, just channeling all of that into whether or not your last YouTube video performed well. Really try to find hobbies, find other stuff in your life that brings you meaning and brings you satisfaction because it just is good to like diversify your self-worth portfolio and not invest it all in the performance of your content or of your business. So I really hope this episode helps inspire you to set some good goals or maybe just some benchmarks for 2023, but also reminds you just how important your mental health is throughout this content creator journey. Don't ever let your goals and ambitions sacrifice your health and your happiness. If you need some extra support in setting your goals this year, remember you can check out that Notion template that I created. It's up for sale in my online store right now, katiesecley.com slash shop. And if you need some help with any of your content creation this year, like if you're looking to outsource and get some help with your Instagram or YouTube strategy or content creation or TikTok or podcast, Creatorly Media definitely has the service for you. So you can check us out at creatorlymedia.com slash services. And we would love to uh, hop on a discovery call with you and chat about how we can help you reach your content goals in 2023. So as always, thank you so much for watching. Once again, happy new year, and I will catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Creator Club podcast. This show is produced by Creatorly Media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at creatorlymedia on Instagram. If you've listened this far into the episode, we want to know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.